Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us today to talk about the U.S. Senate races in 2014 is the Weekly Standard's premium numbers cruncher, Jay Cost. Oh, thanks for having me, Michael. Great to be here. So what should we take away from this latest spate of polls? Uh, the Wall Street Journal's had polls, uh, uh, ABC, etc. What do we know from the polling in the last released in the last 72 hours? Well, I think we can probably say with confidence that the that the president's political position has has degraded slightly over the last months. Um, it was already pretty weak to begin with, so I don't think the 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 level of decline has been extraordinary. But it is it is notable, and considering the weak position he was in even a month ago, uh, you know you don't want to see that if you're a Democrat. If you're a Republican, it's it's good news politically. How good news? What would you say the odds are today that the Republicans will win the six seats they need in the U.S. Senate to take the majority? Well, you know, that's a big question everybody's wondering. I I think the consensus right now among pundits is increasingly that the odds favor Republicans. Um, I would agree with that. Um, You know, right now the uh, average of uh, the polls taken by RealClearPolitics.com shows Republicans leading in uh, seven seats that Democrats currently hold. Um, and they have an option on another two or three, uh, I would say, on top of that. So the odds seem to favor the Republicans taking over the Senate. But, you know, the problem with, uh, you know, Senate elections is is that they can be quirky and really, um, you know, influenced by local factors. And, and the real the Republicans, two big challenges. Number one, they have to beat at least three incumbents to take over the Senate. Now, why is that a big challenge? Well, because incumbents tend not to lose. Um, you know, incumbents tend to be well-funded fu- and have good organizations in place. And, in fact, uh, Michael, if you look at the three open seats where Democrats don't have an incumbent, Republicans are up by 15 points or more. But if you look at the seats where they, their Democrats are running incumbents, you know, they tend to be up by no more than than three or four points. So, you know, defeating an incumbent is no guarantee. Now, the other problem Republicans have, which was evident in the Wall Street Journal poll, is that their national reputation remains really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, somehow managed to be worse than Democrats. I don't know how they pulled that off, but they've managed to pull that trick off pretty consistently for the last year. In other words, a Republican brand problem. Oh, uh, terrible. From 1946 to 2012, only twice have Republicans been able to defeat a a large number of Democratic incumbents, uh, 1946 and 1980. Yeah, that's right. Now, whether or not that remains the case in the future, you know, for instance, in 1994, they would have beaten a number, a large number mm-hmm. of Democratic incumbents. It's just that the Democratic incumbents all saw the writing on the wall and and decided not to run. <laughs> not to run again, elect. right. So, you know, that statistic can be misleading if read too literally. Um, let me ask you about... Um, Georgia, the the fact that you've got a tight race in a red state like Georgia, um, is that an indication of what you're talking about, the weakness of the Republican brand, or is it an all-politics-is-local kind of thing? And when you look at Georgia, North Carolina, Louisiana, and Arkansas, you'd think, oh, my gosh, those are all states that, you know, have never voted for President Obama. Surely the Republicans are going to win places like that. Well, look, I think most people believe that the Republicans are going to win the Georgia seat, you know. Um, I think Survey USA today, or Survey USA had a poll out today that shows uh, Purdue up on none, um, and he's leading. Purdue's leading in the average of the polls. Look, I think this story with Georgia is that Georgia is a Republican state. 
Um, but it's not an overwhelmingly Republican state. You know, I think President Obama got something like 48 percent of the vote in 2008 in Georgia. Um, and uh, I think Saxby Chambliss had a close race that year. So, you know, I want to see before I start thinking that Georgia is going to really be able to is really going to be on the move there. I, I want to see Michelle Nunn do better than an average of 45 percent in the polls, which all, all she seems to be able to do. But I guess one of the questions I'm trying to ask is why would it even be the case that, you know, states like Louisiana, Arkansas, North Carolina would even be a conversation given that the president's poll numbers, as I as I mentioned earlier, lower than Bush's and Clinton's when they had their bottom, the bottom of their you know, team fell out in the, in the off midterm elections. Why is this even close? Well, you know, that's a good question. Um, right now, I think one of the most important stories is right now, Democrats tend to be getting around 41, 42 percent. Republicans tend to be getting 43, 44, 45 percent. So it's close because there's a large number of undecided voters, and we have to see how they break. Now, one of the stories about these undecided voters is that they overwhelmingly disapprove of President Obama, which is, I think, one reason why Republicans feel so optimistic, because the undecided vote looks like Republican Mm -hmm. voters. Now, whether or not they actually turn around and do that remains to be seen. But, you know, look, one of the important points here, and they're they're undecided, we have not seen this much money spent on campaign advertising so early on. Arkansas is a wonderful test case of that. It's that Tom Cotton, who's a Republican candidate, jumped out to to a notable lead uh, in the spring, and Harry Reid and, and national Democrats came down they brought the thunder um, and tried to turn his name into mud. Now, it hasn't worked. Cotton still is a lead of about three, four, five points in the polls, uh, but he's still at, you know, 45% or so. There's that final little chunk of these Obama disapprovers, people who don't like the president, who are basically conservative, but still haven't made up a final decision. So, you know, we just have to wait and see what they what these people end up doing. One last question. The president gave a speech on foreign policy. Do you believe that there's any impact on these the the numbers we've been talking about the election numbers from the turmoil abroad that many people link to the president's style of international leadership and can he say something tonight or do something in foreign policy in the next few weeks that could change any of these numbers i i the answer to the second question is i'm very doubtful um i i i don't i don't think so um, now, whether or not foreign policy is affecting voters, I, I think it might be. Um, I think I think one of the things to keep in mind is that in all of the key toss-up states, uh, a majority of voters probably disapprove of the president. I think we'll see that on election day when we look at the exit polls. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I and I think that they have disapproved of him for quite some time. I would say they've been Obama disapprovers for a year. Um, so I don't think that this is going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back in any of these states. But I, I do think it it reinforces um, the bad opinions that they've already developed. And, and so in that sense, I think it could be influential. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.